Fire and Bones podcast. I'm Michael Crosswhite, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I am Nathan Loudon, the pastor of Millwood Baptist Church in Austin, Texas. Follow the podcast, rate it. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Why do you feel inadequate? Um... You know, I look back at conversations I've had the last few weeks with some people who are not Christians, and uh, I don't know technically that I just would say everything different. You know, you always think about things that you could say better sure. or questions you would have asked rather than, than the one that you did ask, but I can't think of anything substantially where I, where I thought um, – Wow, I just totally was not a faithful witness to try to bring someone to see Christ, to see God in a in a biblical way, using the Bible, uh, talking with them, asking a lot of questions, getting to know them. I don't know that I would substantially change those whole conversations. I could think of other things, other questions I might ask, but you just feel so inadequate, and uh you it seems like it's such common sense to you as a christian now right and it's like why what is what is going on why 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 are these why are you not even more disturbed by these questions um you know um so yeah it um and i think when it comes to then I think sometimes people think evangelism training, like learning how to do evangelism, means that you're going to get rid of all of those experiences. Yeah. If you're really good at evangelism, then you'll just you'll go home going, "Well, I knocked that out of the park," and right. it's their fault. You know, no, you're still going to wrestle with, "Oh, I could have, I should have, I." Uh, and maybe or, the more trained you are, the more responsible you feel. Or uh, the more the trained you are. The you know you go home and nineteen people came to the Lord today uh, from me sharing the gospel you know on the street and you and people that are really gifted at evangelism and do it quite frequently are like mm-hmm. no I've never actually had anybody come to know the Lord <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> all right well there goes that you know. yeah and why I mean, is that you got Ray Comfort go on the street. I mean, you, you've got his videos. How many? How many out of ten are like, "What's wrong with you?" And they keep going. But some people will stop and actually become Christians. Um, yeah, it's probably pretty. I, I would say if you were to ask Ray Comfort, and I, I mean, just having looked at tons of his videos on YouTube, yeah. um, it's pretty rare that somebody. Yeah. It's it's common that somebody starts to question and goes, "Oh, thanks for the conversation. That's really interesting. I'll have to think about that." It's very right. rare that somebody is like who prays on the spot. I, I want to trust in yeah, Christ want, and repent. yeah, I want to become yeah. a Christian. Yeah, I, I, in fact, I don't recall seeing one. I'm sure there are yeah. uh, some of his videos that that say that where that happens, but I, I, it's pretty. Yeah. It's, we'll call it rare. Yeah. So why why is that? Like, what is it that we expect? Um, I guess in sharing the gospel, what is it? Like, or, or maybe back up. Why is it that 
in this particular context, especially in America, sharing the gospel and seeing somebody come to know Christ is is pretty rare. I remember being in China in, you know, the country, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, you know, out, out in the hills where people are farming and stuff like that. Yeah. And walking into a village and sharing the gospel and like 10 people are like, mm-hmm. this is true. I believe in Jesus and I will, <clears throat> I will, and I will die for this like instantly. Yeah. They, they were like, what took you so long to tell me this? You know, my dad yeah. died and things like yeah. that. And I, I'm sure that happens here somewhere probably, mm-hmm. but it's not, you know, nearly as common as it is in some places overseas. Why is that? Yeah. Well, depending on who you're listening to, it is happening, you know, here in different places like California with the, um, uh, what's the guy's name that did the movie Then they had the mass baptism, uh, at the same place where, oh, what's the name? I can't remember the movie or Greg, uh, Laurie. Greg Laurie. Yeah. They had that massive Artist baptism, 1,400, 3,000, something like that. Yeah. Um, Billy oh, Grahamish kind of movement where, you know, those things seem to be happening, you know, and right. uh, there's reports anyway. But I would say anecdotally in our, in, in churches that I've seen in context be very careful about the truthfulness of the gospel and practice healthy church membership to protect the gospel and to protect those who profess faith and uh, give confidence and encouragement in faith that that is less, that is less, I would say anecdotally, anecdotally that would be my assessment as well. That happens less often. Um, you know, why is that? I don't know. There's gotta be a number of dynamics. Could we be really bad at it? Could the soil be really hardened? Uh, for seeds to grow, uh, like Mark, like Mark four, um, there's a veil that is, you know, Satan has placed over the eyes of those who do not believe, those who are perishing. First Corinthians four, uh, or is it second Corinthians four? Um, I think there's a number of things going on theologically, culturally, generationally. We're, we're definitely in a, you know, we've been in post Christian. Uh, America for a while. There's actually, yeah. a, I'm reading a book called uh, Remaking the World by Andrew Wilson. I don't know if I told you that or if you've mm-hmm. seen that advertised by Crossway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it basically, I haven't got to that chapter yet, but his, uh, where he's heading is that our world began an ex Christian subjection in 1776. And mm. one of the, one of the key, the key markers was when Benjamin Franklin uh, reworded the Declaration of Independence to say uh, we hold these truths uh, to be sacred, and he changed it to be self-evident. Uh, mm-hmm. And from there on, our country has taken a trajectory with many other uh, dynamics as well uh, to being ex-Christian, uh, mm-hmm. culturally speaking. So, yeah, I I, I don't know, but. I will say anecdotally in my evangelism conversations <clears throat> over the years, there's generally a, uh, there's often more than we think. And 
uh, an openness to talk about spiritual things. Yeah. But a hardness about being nailed down to anything where someone else is an authority, where truth is absolute, where um, I am a sinner and I need to repent, where I'm under yeah. God's judgment. You start getting into those things and the conversations tend to shift really quickly. Yeah. Uh, from openness to, you know, kind of talking about how we view the world and my story. Um, um, you know, like, uh, even just asking someone what the Bible says, here's what the Bible says. Or why would, yeah. You know, what is, there, there's no cultural, uh, anchor there to be, you know, concerned. Like, oh no, I, I can't think about what the Bible says. That conscience yeah. is, is, I don't say gone, but uh, significantly cultural. It shifted in the past, you know, fifty hundred years. Yeah, so I don't know. There's a lot of dynamics, you know. But I think, I think one of the reasons we don't feel confident in evangelism is uh, lack of training, lack of practice. Yeah. You know, lack of clarity about the gospel sometimes. Yeah, itself. Um. There's a lot of things that, that go into that. So, which I, which I think ultimately, ultimately has to help help us define how what do we need to be trained to do. Yeah, that's what, uh, what as, I was wondering. As a, as a Christian in any context, in any time, uh, and then in our time, are there specific ways in our time and place? Just like just like a missionary, you know, if you're gonna uh, you're gonna go to be a missionary in uh, in Turkey or in China. You've, you want to be thinking about customs and languages and context and taking your shoes off the door and all kinds of all kinds of things. You know, yeah. when you say the word sin, what does someone else hear? When you say the word God, what does that mean to someone? Uh, when you say Jesus, does someone know who Jesus is? You know, I was talking to a guy this week, uh, grew up Catholic, um, and I just asked him like. We were, we had Matthew 28 open. We we're reading it. And I said, who is Jesus? Like, who is he? And they, just, they didn't know. You know, so like, even just the name Jesus, we can't assume anyone knows anything that we have shared language of words. Yeah. It's um, interesting too. Like that you're, you in, in Austin, often like we'll have conversations about the, the, subjects you're talking about at launch or maybe in, in evangelism with somebody and you're describing a culture I don't live in mm. that is, is radically different than the one so, that I, I think live so. In. Yeah. I, 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 now the culture that you describe, I could probably experience very, very closely on the campus if I were to be at UA. Mm -hmm. Um, at least to a degree, you yeah. know, but you know, our, our, uh, student minister will spend time with college students just walking around the, the campus at UA and, and asking and evangelizing and asking people if he can have spiritual conversations. And I think it would be pretty, I think he would say it would be pretty rare for him to find somebody who doesn't know who Jesus is. It, it, that's not like maybe an international student. You know, but yeah. like that is a, an American student. Um, yeah. So the the culture you're describing in Austin is, you know, I think even even 
really pretty different than what, what I find in Tuscaloosa. So yeah. it's almost like there, there's a, there is a training issue in the church, maybe. Yeah. Like there, for example, there, you, if you're going to go do evangelism in Saudi Arabia, there's yeah. one culture, there's one religion, there's one right. history, there's yeah. gen- generally one people that we're going to reach. Right. And right. in Austin, we don't really have a culture. Our culture is that we're rural, we're urban, we're generationally vast, we're in an increasingly international. Uh, yeah. The job sectors are are all over the place, uh, yeah. poor, rich. I mean, you. It's such a conglomeration of people and histories and ethnicities and experiences that um, there's not just a kind of like, well, this is how we're going to do it in this context. Right. Have, it, there's just so many dynamics. Uh, yeah. Your your hairstylist could be from any country. Your yeah. coworker could uh, have just moved here from Kazakhstan or could have grown up in East Texas. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's wonderful, but it's also it brings challenges. So yeah. Um. So when I think it comes to training to to match that dynamic. One of the ways I think about uh, training, like when we do building blocks or when I, yeah. when I talk to uh, our, our leadership training on Tuesday nights, is going to read a book uh, called Evangelism as Exiles uh, here in a few weeks. And we, we definitely think about being a kind of person ready to talk about Jesus rather than this is how you talk about Jesus in this setting or to this person, or, you know, we, we've done world, we've done world religion building block at our church where we talk about Mormonism and Christianity and Islam and Buddhism. And we, we try to help our church understand you're going to, if you meet someone who is from a near East uh, culture or a far East culture and they're, they're Buddhist, like, well, how do they think about the world and sin and God? And, you know, you can be a little bit more prepared to talk to them if you yeah. if you think ahead. So we try to do that proactively. But there's a sense in which I just feel like people have to be good at asking questions to figure out who they're talking to. And then be prepared to say, have you considered or are you familiar with the the message of the Bible? God is the creator created us we have sinned against him he is the center of morality of truth and what is good what is bad we are all naturally bad i had someone tell me this week that we're all naturally good and we have a a need to be remedied between us so you just walk through the gospel and the need for christ to come is conquering death his return and you, you walk someone through the gospel and introduce it to them, um, the hard part can be, I think, just learning how to land that in a conversation where it doesn't sound like a sales pitch at your front door, right? You know, where if you open the door, we, we have people coming doing solar panel. That's probably what we get the most at our front door, solar panel salesmen. And if you open the door, and I've you not say seen hi. one solar panel salesman ever in Tuscaloosa. Oh man, I got a I've got a Rolodex of options in Austin. 
just for solar panels. You live in totally different world, but go ahead. I, I get calls all the time on my phone from solar panel people. Um, but if you open the door, they have a 30 to 60 second pitch to try to get you to keep the door open for a little bit longer. And I think sometimes we train Christians to kind of just uh, throw out our 30-second version, which will just kind of bounce off potentially because yeah. there's just – there's no – I don't even understand what you're talking about to yeah. someone. And you have to be careful because we're, we're not saying – we're not going to go the extreme of saying if you land it right and if you connect it and if you if you get Jesus and you make sure they understand it, then you can kind of tailor – and and you can make the fruit happen. That's not what we're saying. Um, but there is a, a actual conversation with someone to hear the gospel. Uh, what does it mean to hear the gospel? Really, in my heart and mind. Uh, so I'm I'm thinking about are we are we ready to ask questions of people? Make sure that when I share the gospel, they're actually able to go. I, I know what the word sin means. I know yeah. okay. what God is and so, morality and those things. That's, I, that's called how I'm you, I called you this week, uh, last week. You called me a lot what of is last today? week. But, you know, what whatever. is today? When did we talk? We talked last week. I called yeah, you last uh, week, and this was totally off, not not recorded at all. We had, a, I think it was a two-hour conversation about evangelism. Yeah, back to the old days. Yeah, yeah, you know this is before when we started recording just, these calls. When we used to just talk for fun and for mutual encouragement. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so we so we talked about evangelism for uh, <laughs> like two hours, and um, my question was, how do you train it? I'm starting to re I'm starting to rethink, um, what our purpose is in evangelism. And Mm -hmm. I think that what you're, so uh, this is not to Jesus juke you at all. You normally Jesus juke me. So I'm, I'm going to, maybe I am. I'm trying to do what you normally do, whatever you call that. I can take it. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I think that what you just laid out is the way we have targeted at least maybe not we we may not have effectively trained evangelism that way to ask questions keep the door open not make it feel like a sales pitch but engage the person in what we're saying and doing and things like that and and in hopes that they'll listen and maybe they'll hear and i'm starting to rethink that whole process i think that's what we've been doing for a long time and why why do you say that because my experience has been opposite where my my training has been here's a piece of paper with an acronym on it, an acronym for faith. Uh, you've got your four spiritual laws, your steps, your track. I've got tracks that we use now that you right. can walk, here's why. You know, walk someone through. So, yeah, here's why. Because the, why do you say that? Think, think of like the four spiritual laws. God yeah. loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life um, is kind of the opening of the, of those four spiritual laws. Um, and all other evangelism, you know, methods, tracks, 
are designed to target a person's need first, mm -hmm. right? Which is exactly what the solar panel salesman is doing on your doorstep. Yeah. He wants to expose your need for what he's about to say. Yeah. And he's going to do that by saying, look, is your electric bill crazy high? Yeah. Uh, and you're like, my electric bill is crazy high. How did you know that? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, yeah. well, I know that because, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and I can, I can and, fix that today. And, yeah. I, and I can fix that today, you know, because I can't, what if I told you I can take your electric bill down to zero and you're like, I want to do that. Yeah. And it's effectively the same as saying God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Well, I didn't know that. I want God to love me and I want a wonderful plan for my life. Um, and so the, those, I think while, you know, you, we can argue all day about the appeal of those things. Fine. But the goal is the same. It's to basically target your, your, your desire um, for something and then expose yeah. how the gospel is, um, is the, the source for that. So the three circles approach, um, is another tract that, um, somebody came out with and eventually a North American mission board picked it up and, uh, kind of circulated it wildly, but which is, uh, or widely, which is basically, uh, the world is in chaos and life is in chaos. Here's how li life is designed to work and it doesn't work that way. And you notice that it's, it's crazy. God didn't create it that way. Um, yeah, so you're, you're, so you're trying to tether to culturally felt needs. Yeah. And the, the it, when you look at the three circles tract and the, even the video explaining and all that kind of stuff, it's designed to be drawn on a napkin. And the idea yeah. of that is you're, you see a guy at a, wherever at a bar, at a restaurant, yeah. at a something, and you sit down and you draw out on a napkin in your conversation with him, the gospel yeah. and these Which three also circles communicates in evangelism training. Anybody should be able to do this all the time right. because exactly. all you have to do is this napkin version and then right. you've done it. Right. And my, my point is I, I'm starting to like rethink that and I haven't fully formed this. So this maybe yeah. totally that's my terrible experience and, is that's how that's how we've been trained anybody can do it the same way if you just yeah. take this four point track you can go yeah. tell anybody this and yes yeah. everybody can do it the exact same it's easy and i've yeah. been thinking i don't think we're training really well to think yeah. that way and and i and i think uh i think there's a couple things that that we talked about and i think are, are still true and i'm <laughs> i'm, I'm settled I'm pretty settled on this that there is one there is a giftedness of evangelism and that there are people that are evangelists and um they are gifted and we can talk about spiritual gifts one day because that I think that would be an interesting topic but a conversation yeah. but there there are people that are gifted in evangelism and I think largely the people that are gifted in evangelism have been the one designing the evangelism training um, where they have said, look, here, here's what you got to do. You got to do this, that, and the other, and this is how to engage somebody. Watch me do it. And then they do it. And, um, my experience has been that people that are gifted in evangelism typically go, I don't understand what's so hard about this. This is really easy. Like it's not super difficult. 
So I happen to be talking to someone right now who is gifted in evangelism. And uh, you, I know in our conversation, you're like, it's just so easy. I don't understand what people don't get about this. And I'm like, Nathan, it's because you're gifted in evangelism. That's why you think it's easy. Uh, so here's how I know that. There was a, a time. Thus we our, were, this, it was a two hour and 45 minute conversation. Yeah. Uh, oh, I checked it? out. Yes. Where <laughs> yeah, a gifts, gifts is a whole nother part of that conversation. Yeah. Because yeah, we had a long, there was a long excursus on uh, whether yeah. or not someone is actually can be gifted in evangelism, and right. which I shut you down in in about. Well, it only took a, once I got there, it only took me about twenty seconds to shut you down, and you were like, "All right, <laughs> you can." See. I remember it like that. But keep going. <laughs> um, I am a, I'm gifted at argumentation. No, uh, no, I, I'm just, I'm teasing. Um, but. So, so this was probably a couple years ago. Um, typically for us, like when we go to a conference, uh, whether it's the SPC or something we go to get to go to together, we'll usually stay together and we usually get Uber rides together, share them, and then we'll go wherever we're going. And normally what's pretty routine, well, I would say routine, but we do it relatively often is, um, is share the gospel with the Uber driver wherever we're going we we get into conversation with them and we kind of take that into the gospel typically ask them where they go to church if they go to church do they know jesus that kind of thing um and what i've noticed is when i do that either by myself or with you uh if you let me control the conversation within probably about 30 seconds the Uber driver and I are going to be in an argument about, about, about Jesus and the veracity of the gospel and all kinds of other things. And we're going to be in a debate relatively quickly. Uh, I watched you get into a conversation. You were in the front seat and I was in the back seat with, I don't know who else was in the car with us. And um, I, the Uber driver was like crying when we got to our destination at your conversation with him and you like, it, it was just like this very natural conversation with him. And I remember getting out of the car and I don't even think we talked about this, but I remember getting out of the car and thinking I could never do that. I could, my, my own just conversational style is not that way. I don't even remember what you're talking about. You, the guy was, it was like, uh, I, you know, to be honest with you, I can't remember where it was. I remember it was the SBC. Uh, I think it was the SBC. Yeah. And it was at a, um, we were headed to the conference, whatever it was, whatever conference it was or convention. And um, we we were, we by the time we pulled up, the guy was like telling you his life story, pouring his heart out to you. And, um, and you were, you know, anyway, sharing the gospel with him. And and I was, I remember getting out thinking like, man, I've never not once had a conversation like that ever, never like my conversations with the gospel normally end up in a, (laughs) 
you can probably imagine this adversarial relationship <laughs> where I'd be like, no, <laughs> and the guy's ready to pick up stones and, and throw them at me and starting a riot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like that, that tends to just be, I, I, you know, and I don't know how to not do that. Uh, and so it, it's just, you know, I think there, there is a giftedness in evangelism and some people do have it and some don't. And I think largely our evangelism training is done by people who are really gifted in it and they can't understand. Which in a sense makes sense because we're not going to have unpracticed, non-gifted people typically desire or be asked to teach in evangelism. Right. So it's kind of like a, well, you know, who do you expect to teach about preaching? Right. Teachers, you know? Right. So, but I see what you're saying in that it, there is kind of a, uh, what comes naturally to some is kind of prescribed as how everyone should do it. You know, it's like, yeah, David Beckham trying to teach me how to kick a, a soccer ball. I can't imagine him. I can imagine his frustration. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't even get the ball off the ground. Yeah. You know, period. You know, like there's such right. a disconnect. It might not be a good illustration, but uh, the, the feeling well, of disconnectedness between uh, methods or yeah. comfortability. Yeah. If comfort. you notice, like in the, in um, the history of, it's not a bad illustration. Like if you notice in the history of sports, the coaches that tend to be, revered as the greatest coaches were not Former the greatest players. players. They they yeah. were players, but they were not the greatest players. Yeah. And I I think part of the reason for that is, you know, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, you know, n- name the greatest whatever uh, Alex Rodriguez or you know, yeah. players that were revered as the, you know, Brett Favre or, or Troy Aikman or something. The, yeah. These people would not be even, you know, they would not even attempt coaching yeah, mainly Tony because, yeah, yeah, no Tony Romo. The great, when they, one of the greats. When they get, when they get on, the, on the field and they pick up a ball, they're like, you just do it, man. Yeah. Just, just grab the ball and put it in the hoop. Like it's not mm-hmm. that hard. Kick the ball right here and it goes in the net and it, it bends and it curves and it like, just yeah. do it. You know, Lionel Messi, I don't expect to go into soccer coaching. Like you just, yeah. they, they, they're at a level or they, they think about the sport in a way that most people don't think about it. And yeah. they, they understand it in a way and their body does it intuitively in a way that yeah. it, that that doesn't make sense to anybody else. Well, I think and so. I, I, think I think it's true fair. of evangelism as well. I think that's fair. But to take the analogy one step further, and then we can we can leave it. But like Kobe Bryant, you know, natural talent. You you can't teach Kobe Bryant. You, you can't teach people to think like him and suit like him. And you, you can't just. But Kobe Bryant didn't just wake up and go to the NBA. You know. He's well known to be the kind of guy who is there an hour before practice and an hour after practice. And when they get in to a city at 1230, you know, in the morning, he goes to the gym for an hour uh, and like just 
obsessed with getting better. You know, we'll shoot 60 points in a game and stick around and shoot after the game. You know, mm-hmm. like but that. There's Here's also the problem the with that. Of, I've heard though, the same stories I, too. Trying to get better. And I, yeah, I know. Yeah. That. Here's the problem with that. <clears throat> you don't hear the stories of people that did that and didn't become Kobe Bryant. You will never hear their stories. I spent eight hours in the gym every day before and after practice, the same amount of time as Kobe Bryant. And I did not turn into Kobe Bryant. You will never hear their stories. There, there's a, do you know who Bruce Waltke is? You heard that name Sound, before? Sounds familiar. He's a, yeah. he's a Bible scholar. He's an old Testament scholar. Yeah. yeah. And he's a, he, I was, in, I think I was, he was trying to find an athlete in my mind. Yeah. 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 Uh, but Bruce Waltke uh, is a Bible scholar and he came, yeah. I remember one time he came to a seminary uh, that I was at and he did a lecture series for the entire week at seminary. And um, the professors at seminary were really enthusiastic about having him there and all that kind of stuff. And that was before I really understood who he was, but um, they, um, one of the professors was talking to our class about him and they were like, you know, he's a really amazing man. And when you talk to him about his, you know, scholarly endeavors, uh, he'll tell you that he thinks he's normal and everyone else is just lazy. And my experience, my experience with everyone who is gifted in a particular area, they think that they are normal and that everyone else is just lazy. Mm-hmm. And that is not true. And I, and mm-hmm. I think that people, yes, I think that people find it easy to work at what they're gifted it's, at. It's, I would say it's not the whole narrative. It is true right. sometimes, but it's not. Maybe. It, you can't but I single think down Kobe Bryant, that as an example, Kobe Bryant has a, uh, probably found it very easy or not at, maybe as hard as somebody else to spend yeah. that amount of time practicing his jump shot because yeah. he's gifted at it. But you've got um, guys like Allen Iverson who are like, hey, dude, maybe if you would have gone to practice, you could have been Michael Jordan. But, but Allen, <laughs> been Allen Iverson else. was also one of those people who was naturally gifted and relied on his giftedness, maybe. Exactly. Didn't, go, didn't practice as much. And maybe he could have been the best ever yeah. to do it. But but so, even okay, with so, his giftedness, he was still yeah. one of the greatest. But no, uh, break away from that analogy because that's take not the, where take I want to talk about. To the local Hold on. church, back to the local church member. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to do. So, um, so what what I I think is really important in in what I'm coming to in evangelism training is as we think about just your regular everyday Christian, someone who's not gifted in evangelism and who. Or who doesn't know that they're not that they're gifted in evangelism because they've never really done it. Um, I think we have to go back to just some very simple things because what I don't see in the New Testament is Paul going, "Hey, you know what you really got to know? You got to know the ins and outs of this pagan worship practice over here. You got to really mm-hmm. know but all worship, and you got to know." You got to know the ins and outs of Gnosticism before you can share the gospel with a Gnostic. He doesn't say that. Like the New Testament is replete with examples of this is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus. Your job in evangelism is merely to bear witness. That's it. Yeah. That's all you're doing. You, and, and, and your presentation 
doesn't need to be smooth or it could be the smoothest thing. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, what so, I see, what I see fill, yeah. filling the pages of scripture is like when Paul goes into, into uh, Philippi and shares the gospel with a group of women who are there and the Lord opens Lydia's heart to pay attention to what's being said. Luke specifically makes that claim on the pages of the scriptures. So what that tells me then, hold on. That's our belief about everybody. That's our belief. about Anyone who becomes a Christian, if the Lord doesn't open their heart, time out, you can can forget it. Pause for just, that's that's not unique to Lydia. No, it's not unique to Lydia. That's what my argument is that that's everybody, every evangelism conversation you get into. So I, I think there are some basic tools that a Christian needs to know in order to just bear witness, to be a good witness for Jesus. One is you have to know what the gospel is. So I think mm-hmm. there's some there are good tracks out there that you can know, that you can have in your mind or even keep with you that sure. remind you of what the gospel is and just it are good little helps and tools and things like that. Yeah. And it's great. Give like you know what something. the gospel is. Yeah, so that you know, this is what I need to share if I'm going to actually bear witness to the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one thing. But then the other is you just need to just need to stand up for the truth of the gospel. That's really it. So mm-hmm. in the event that you're talking to somebody who contradicts something that you know to be true about the gospel, you just need to correct them. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think that's true. I think this is what is, you know, somebody's going in, well, you know, the government's going to take this and that from us. And all of a sudden we're going to one world currency. And then all of a sudden the antichrist coming in and then we got to, you need to stack up on your weapons and you got to store up all your, all your food. And you can simply go, actually, I think that that's not what the Bible tells us to do. I think the Bible tells us to trust in the Lord and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. My hope is not in this world. My hope is in an age to come when Christ returns and raises the dead. So this world is not my home and Christ's kingdom is not of this world. So in that, you are bearing witness to the good news of Jesus in the face of a culture that is prone to fear and prone to, um, you know, a, a whole host of other things. And so I think it's as, it's as simple as that and and actually equipping people with being able to say, look, you may not know how to respond to the person who's a Buddhist and all their claims about this, that, and the other. You may not know anything about that. You can say, this is the gospel of Jesus. If you want to find out more, you can come to my church. You know, and I think I, I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's as simple as that. So say the pros. No, I, this is, I think, taking it out of the professional sphere of the yeah. cleanness of presentation. I'm tracking with you. Yeah, and I bringing see it back to saying, like, I don't have to try to get them to keep the door open. If the Lord is in this, he will keep the door open. I'm not worried about the door being closed in my face. Or right. metaphorically speaking, whether you're at a your restaurant or wherever you are uh, yeah. or work or whatever. I, I'm not worried about that. 
the Lord will keep the door open. I simply need to be armed with what the good news of Jesus is. And when in my mind, something is said that contradicts the good news and the hope of the resurrection, the hope of the crucifixion of crucifixion and resurrection of Christ and uh, the hope of eternal life in Christ, uh, the hope that I have in Jesus, anything that contradicts that I'm free to speak into. And occasionally, maybe I might meet somebody that we're having a conversation and I can ask them, where do you go to church? And when they say nowhere, it's an easy thing to say, you should come to my church. You should come to church with me. And give them, even give them a tract. That's fine. You know, I I think like we've made it this kind of like, okay, you have to go out on an evangelism crusade. So you need to go on the sidewalk right. and you need to walk up to somebody who you don't know and you need to share the gospel with them. And I just don't find that in tons of places, yeah. you know, in, in terms of like that, that is evangelism and nothing else is. You're in a culture that's not really like Paul's in the sense that he's going into a world that they have never heard of Jesus before in their life. And you're, you're in a workplace and you're, I don't think that Paul expects that the evangelism that the churches, that the members of the churches engage in is going to be the exact same as his, that he is specifically, Mm -hmm. he's got a mission that he's going on and you're living in this city and you're working with these people. And I don't think Mm -hmm. he thinks his evangelism is going to look exactly like your evangelism, but yours is going to be, you know, in the workplace and yours is going to be, uh, with these people that you know, they worship in various other places and you're simply going to be bearing witness. And, and I think that's why Peter puts it the way he does, like always being ready in season and out of season to give it a, give an account for the hope that is within you. Uh, that that's what that is. That's evangelism. Yeah. Agree. Like what is evangelism? It's telling people the good news that Jesus has come to die for us. That he's raised from the dead. Believe in him. You'll be saved. You can be at peace with God and be forgiven of your sin. It's pretty simple. And right. It is a simple message. But I think, like, here, like here's going, going back to the door-to-door salesman. Here's, so I'm, I'm agreeing with you that we can significantly overcomplicate things. Those who are gifted can often uh, over overassume that other people will be able to catch things easier. We need to be able to coach people where they are. I'm not expecting my son's flag football team to be able to run the option too well. Uh, we, we wanted to do simpler things to get them from, you know, to get them to grow. And so, and not everyone's going to be Michael Jordan. Not everyone's going to be Billy Graham. We, we just want to help people grow from where they are to uh, greater confidence and equipness uh, being equipped to, Share the gospel faithfully in their context as God has gifted them and gives them opportunity. Um, but there is a sense to when that I've seen this and the door salesmen come to my door, they are really good for a minute and a half. They're convincing, yeah. they're sharp, they have a message, they're gripping. And if you invite them into your home and say, Come on in, tell me about this solar panel, it's yeah. I mean, they can't find their papers, they're not ready, they they don't have all the answers to the questions. They want to set up an appointment for you to talk with someone else. Um, they can they can give you 
you know, uh, the pitch. But after that, it's like, what happened? There, something happened there where <laughs> now I feel like you don't know much about solar panels, you know? Right. And you begin to lose credibility, and your solar panels begin to lose credibility. Right. And so it kind of begs the question, like, are we – do we have any responsibility as Christians to to do more and know more than – just a, a, a like this is how I was taught by a former pastor. Like, what's your sixty second gospel explanation? And like that was the yeah. whole of evangelism. Like right. that that is evangelism right. versus Paul. Paul went in the synagogues and he persuaded and right. he argued and he reasoned with right. them. And right. it it wasn't just uh, all right, guys. Here it is. Yes and no. That's not how all these people became Christians in Acts. He just walked in and gave, you know, here's my 20, 20, 20 minute explanation of the gospel and everyone just became right. Christians. No, there's, there's arguing, there's defending, there's explaining, sure. there's some people cut him off immediately. You know, the Iopagus, some people wanted to hear more. Um, yeah. There's all kinds of responses, but using Paul as an example, there wasn't just a, there was an ability to take the Bible and explain it and defend it. And we're, we're talking about the apostle here. Like we're, like we're talking about, you know, trying to be like Jordan, be like Mike. Well, we're not right. all going to do that. I'm not. Right. I can't do that. You know, like, I get grief. Um, but what are we, if we're going to grow, I, I would, maybe we could put it like this. Like some Christians need to grow from not sharing the gospel at all. With anyone ever. And maybe not even being able to recall a gospel. To just being able to tell someone confidently and joyfully, do you know the message of the Bible? Do you right. know the message about Jesus? This is it. And someone could go, Man, I never heard that. I, I never even thought that God might love me. I never knew that Jesus died for my sins. I can hear right. that immediately. Um, but at the same time, there might be some Christians who need to go from there to, you know, from nothing to that. And some might need to go from, okay, when that first minute is over and someone has one question, can you talk about the Bible? Can you, can this you talk is where... about salvation to them and reason so that, with them? Like yeah. Paul. But I think that, that is where, you know, you're going to rely on what you know best and utilize your giftedness. So for Paul, he is going to be able to go toe to toe with anybody who might think contrary yeah, trained, to Christ. Paul trained for years. He didn't become a and, Christian, yeah. you know, out of the spiritual womb and, and just start evangelizing. Right. And your evangelism and my evangelism is going to look different. And our evangelism is going to look different than Paul's does. Um, yeah. But that's why Peter does not say, I don't think, um, be ready in season and out of season to argue with anybody um, over the finer points <laughs> of the gospel, but to give an account for the hope that is within you. So you have to believe it, right? And there is nothing wrong with saying, this is my testimony. This is who I was. Yeah. Oh, and this is what absolutely. I am now. Yeah. So 
you can speak to that when they have questions about, well, yeah, but what about this? And what about that? And what about the problem of evil and all these kinds of things that are yeah, like deep philosophical things the, that you're like, the stars I don't really the know. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel free in an evangelism conversation to go, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a philosopher. Yeah. I don't know about all those things. Yeah. But here's what I know that I yeah. had no hope in life and I understood that I was a sinner in great need of salvation. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I heard the gospel and the truth of Christ's salvation, Christ's death on my behalf for my yeah. sin and eternal life that can be had by trusting in him and him alone for salvation, mm-hmm. I was finally free. And if you know no more than that. How so, is it that how is it that we can we can say to a Christian, you become a Christian and now share yeah. the gospel when they don't yeah. really know all this stuff? They haven't been yeah. trained on philosophies and they haven't been trained on other religions and they haven't been trained on cults and things yeah. like that. People that would show up to your doorstep and the finer points yeah. of Mormonism and stuff like that. How can yeah. we say to them, well, I feel fine with you sharing the gospel? The reason is because you have hope within you and you can give an account to that. Yeah. And you may not know all the other stuff, but so you can tell about the things that you do. Even, even in that explanation, there is kind of a tethering to the idea that people are thirsty for hope and that they're desperate and that they want, they, they have a feeling, some sense that they need to be saved. And then that would sound to them very good because you sound like you have something that they want. And what I'm hearing all the time is and Keller has a great sermon that included this recently where he says therapy will save people the therapy will do it alcohol will do that people have yeah. all kinds of conversion stories out there where they can go that's amazing that that happened to you i had a similar experience when i went to, to therapy yeah. for the first time they never heard about jesus right they've had a con- they've had a, a change they they become mm-hmm. someone new in their eyes. Now they're hopeful. Now they're happy. Now they're not as sad. Now they have positive thoughts. Or at least have negative thoughts. They've had a salvation experience. So what do I do with that? Can we, can we, can we talk to them? Yeah, I mean that, that yeah. could be another a whole other episode. But my my, my sure. point is, can like we there do we serve them well in in mm-hmm. my context? By not having anything else to say to them. Yes. Yeah. By not being able I, to talk to them. Is that is I, that the end of our can we just no. go home and go, God, I I did the thing. And I know that's not what you're ultimately well, saying. But I that's mean, can the you rub go home there. and say can you go home and say that I bore witness to the good news of Jesus Christ? Of course you can. But of course you can. I think at, at the can. end of the day, at the end of that conversation, when they say, you know, therapy saved me and alcohol saved me and XYZ saved me, whatever it is that yeah. saved you. Um, you have to remember, Christian, that at the end of their salvation is death. What mm-hmm. happens then? So you say therapy saved you, yeah. but you're going to die. Yeah. So I'm that, not talking so about you. So you're doing, I, you're doing it. You're, you're, no, you're able to go back and say, okay, it. I need to ask another question. I need to take this farther. And it's it's the basic tenets of the gospel. I think so. This is not I, the depths yeah. of philosophy to say you're going to no. die. What about that? Yeah. But I a think, lot of people from you know, as you said, would find that significantly intimidating. 
Yeah. To just open up more questions potentially. The end the end of our uh our gospel understanding. Yeah. Is the hope when we say the hope that is within me. Yeah. Uh, always being able to give an account for the hope that is within you. Um is not a hope in this life only. If it were, we are of all people most to be pitied. So what we're remember what you're telling people, what you're the hope that is within you is not a temporary lifetime change. Right. So we're not talking I'm not talking about I'm not talking about a hope that is over therapeutic. when I die. Yeah, that is therapeutic. So any Only. anybody Only right, anybody that you're talking to who is not fully placing their trust in Christ alone that you evaluate based on the conversation you have is not a Christian. Anything they offer you, anything they tell you, I, I know what you mean because I, I went to therapy. I went and, and this really helped me to da, 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 da. The answer to all of it is, and then you die. And then what happens? Right. But here's, but you're, I think you're getting to make my point. I know we'll wrap this up, but there is a, there is a, a, that's, that's a stepping into now reasoning with someone and being able to recognize they heard my pitch and they think that we're equals. They think that now we've both had the same experience and I have to be able to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've already, I've already given the gospel. And they've said they've had excellent experience, and they're just as lost as ever. But they feel very comfortable. Still, they're not bothered. They're not. Their conscience isn't pricked right. about their sin or anything. Now you have to enter into a, a, a reasoning conversation with them, where you got to start to ask some questions and, and throw out some uh, principles of scripture to see, you know, this you're you're not safe. You're you're not. I don't saved. think you do. I don't think you do at all. I think I think the essentially your goal in the whole conversation anytime you're talking to somebody about the hope of Jesus is to say i'm telling you you can have eternal life is what you're offering me in counseling eternal life and they're going to say no you should come to my church i mean mm. that's what i'm saying is like I think we can turn it into this massive pitch, you mm -hmm. know, of listen to what I'm telling you and I hope you pay attention to me and make it compelling. You got to say these things in the first, you know, two minutes and God forbid, I've heard sermons preached on don't say it worked for me because philosophically, this is what they're going to say and da, 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 da. Yeah. And some people that I revere a lot preach and say, don't tell anybody it worked for me say this other thing um well, there's a, you know again it's some of the semantics like there's a difference between sharing your testimony and say this actually affected my life right. and when you're sharing the gospel making the the whole crutch for your whole pitch that it worked for you there's a yeah. difference i get it yeah how, how you talk to people yeah. so if your but, whole pitch is this worked for me i'm like okay well no that's that's not how we arrive at truth we shouldn't right. invite anyone to to, to right. think that way. 
Um, And I I just think that, I I think that we perhaps have kind of professionalized evangelism to the point where we were, we were one, we're taught by people who are really gifted in it and are good at, at, I'm not saying there's no place to engage somebody on the grounds of debate at all. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disparaging what Paul does or anything like that or what you do or what I do or anything like that. I'm not, not at all. If you have that, if you have that club in your bag, you know, hit the ball with it, you know, I'm fine, but not everybody does. And there are some people who just came to know Christ and I think you can share the gospel too. Yeah. And so I I think think it it is a simple yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I think it's fair to say sometimes our evangelism training can, can think everyone has the physical build and the internal natural talents to become a professional evangelist. We just need to train them into it. And right. that's not true. And that's not fair. And that can set people up for disappointment and confusion about why their evangelism isn't working and they're so unfaithful and they get discouraged. And they actually mm-hmm. don't share the gospel because they feel like they can't right. do it. And they haven't enough training. But there is a flip side. So I'll, I'll give you that. I think that's helpful for me to think about. But on the flip side, there's also a um, like a, a helping people grow in being able to talk about the whole Bible with anyone right. as evangelism. You know, like right. I, I mentioned in our phone call, we talked about the seven I am's as opportunities for a this is how jesus came and talked about himself to namely israel but to all of but all of those things all the bible teaching and all the the training at your church and the sermons and the and the wednesday nights and the whatever you do you know all the the learning that you gain from your church is all those are all clubs now added to your training yeah, it's all evangelism training. So now you go into a conversation, you're used to basically just telling your testimony and handing them a tract yeah. and inviting them to church. And now yeah. they have a conversation about, well, you know, I don't really think, I, I think the Bible, you know, was written, you know, in 300 AD by a whole bunch of people. They decided what they were going to put in the Bible and all this kind of stuff. And then yeah. it was attributed to Paul. And then you're like, well, actually, I had uh there was a lesson that my pastor taught on this past Wednesday about the validity of the Bible. And I think so, you should listen to it. It's on this podcast yeah. or here, or it's yeah. here's what I learned or all these yeah, things yeah. become now clubs in your back, you know, yeah. that you're using in evangelism. So it's all everything you gain. If you learn how to just basically just bear witness to Christ and, and give your testimony, maybe you give a tract and invite them to church. Now, everything else you learn in church is just, it's just clubs. That you're adding to your better. golf bag. Yeah, I, yeah, it's all evangelism tree. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. And but there's nothing, there's nothing wrong, and it's helpful to take people to learn. Like, how do you is is are there ways that I can listen to people and yeah. help them see the gospel through what they're yeah. going? Some people, when you talk to them. What are, they've just been significantly abused. Yeah. How do you talk to them? Some people yeah. have just committed great sin Yeah. that day. How do you talk to them? Some people yeah. are totally ignorant. How do you talk to them? Yes. Now, in some sense, you can say it's all the same. But telling someone who you know was just 
but uh, but the abused pro- the, I and think, fired. Jesus died for your sins. Yes, yeah. it's good, but it might. Is it? Are they? Are they? Are they seeing the connection in some ways? Nah. That's for the Holy Spirit. Again, it's not. I, it's I, not for us. I, I, seriously, in some I ways. Think- you're in that conversation. conversation no, real people. You're in that conversation with the person who lost their job, and you're saying right now, you're saying as someone who's gifted in evangelism, you know, that's ah, good, but it's just not the bet. But God didn't put you in that conversation. He put that person in that conversation. 100%. They don't have that giftedness. Give them the track. Tell them about your church. Tell them about yeah. the hope that you have, and sure. whatever tool you have, use it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you if if at the end of it, you're like that was inadequate. I wish I, I feel like he wasn't really interested, but I feel like he yeah. has a real need for the gospel. You give oh, yeah. him whatever you've got, and then you <clears> pray <throat> for him as you leave, and let God do what He does. Yeah. And because He didn't put Nathan in that conversation, and Nathan would have told him a billion different things that would have yeah. been super helpful, I'm sure, and may have even brought him to Christ. Who knows if if Nathan had been in that conversation? But God didn't put Nathan in that conversation. He put you in that conversation and you are not gifted in that way. And yeah. you did not have those things in your tool bag. And you, you're so you give him what you've so got. It's, it's instructive to even the most experienced, mature Christians that you're going to be in situations where you, you find something like, I didn't I've never studied this right worldview that they have. Well, you're not yeah. ill-equipped to talk to no. them, but you might constantly be finding people who are, you know, engage in a certain kind of false hope in the world, I think it would do you well to learn more about that. So you could For talk sure. to them more often. So it's everything not a, becomes it's a, a tool. It's a false dichotomy to say evangelism is just this, do this. You don't need anything more. Um, that's not true. Uh, but it's also not true to say you really can't evangelize unless right. you're, you, you have all these tools in your back. You know? Yeah, um, both of those things are true. Yeah, um, I I wonder, and we're and we're gonna find people in our churches who are all over the spectrum, more gifted, more trained. Um, yeah, I've I've seen people in our church grow in evangelism. Probably more often from doing it than a class. Yeah. But I would also say uh, people tend to take what they've heard and, and apply it when they practice it over time as yeah. well. Um, Start with the basics. Not, you, you don't you don't go to a six week class. And then you can just regurgitate it all no. in some conversation. Start no. with the basics. You happen. know and confess the gospel. Know and confess the gospel to somebody who doesn't know and confess the gospel. That's it. And then grow. Mm-hmm. The more you do it, the more you grow. Just bear witness. See where the conversation takes you. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's it. And, and don't feel like I have this you know, this, I got to put a notch on my spiritual belt Mm -hmm. that says I've shared the gospel with this, these number of people, you know, and that's, you can see, look, this is how often I, 
I I have conversation with pastors sometimes that that's what it becomes. It's like, yeah, I showed the gospel to 10 people this week. Great. I, I guess I don't, do you want yeah. a pat on the back or like what, what yeah. I don't understand, you know, a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Like what does it become to you? Like, yeah, that's not what we're doing. You know, yeah. we're just, you know, talking to people that we recognize and they're missing something that I have that I, I wish they had, yeah. you know? And I had a conversation with a, a person in our, in my church this week that um, that said, you know, she was at a, a place in town and the, and the person was like going on and on about all that the government was going to do and how scared they were and, you know, got to build a bunker. And she was just like, I actually have hope in Jesus and this life is not my, is not mm-hmm. what I'm living for. And so that doesn't bother me. You know, and I think God is in control of all this. And so I'm not worried about that. And that's great. That's fantastic. That is a testimony. And it's like, it takes courage and boldness to do that. That is, would you say that that is a, that is all the gospel? No, not, not at all. There's more to the gospel than that. Sure. But is that bearing witness to the hope that is within you? Absolutely it is. Yeah. And it's a plot. She she saw the the uh person and she heard what they were saying and she saw how that that they were saying was contrary to the gospel and she you know interjected with the truth and you know she may not have been able to have more of a conversation and he might have shut the door and whatever, but that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, if if maybe she had a tract in her back pocket add that to her toolbox. And now all of a sudden yeah. there's a, there's a track to go with it, an invitation yeah. to church and all kinds and of other have, things. And like, you don't have to have had a 45 minute building block on how to respond to people who know nope. government conspiracy, conspiracy theorists right. to right. have a conversation with them because what you, what she, what she was responding to wasn't even the government. Right. As much as it was hopelessness. Right. And fearfulness. Right. And so that's, that's actually, what I'm wanting to do then when I think about evangelism often is untrain people to think you have to listen for, oh, they're talking about the government. I got to get all my right. government. I got to go to Romans 13. I got to go to yeah. Revelation 11. Uh, that I have to have a conversation about the government. And you no. actually hear, no, this person sounds thirsty. This person is starving or this person is arrogant. Yeah. And so talk to them. Witness about the kingdom. And but be, you know like, what else it does too? What what I think it, it does too when you like this, when like, you deprogram those kinds of things out of people where they're thinking like professionals and instead yeah. they're thinking just like bearing witness, that now they share the they they've they've talked to this government conspiracist and they they've basically said what she said, you know, is you know, I, I think this life is not my own, whatever, whatever, whatever. The next time they're in church and you bring them to Romans thirteen and you say, Here's what the government is able to do. She yeah. starts thinking about that person that she met and she's like, oh man, next time I talk to him, if he brings that stuff up, yeah. I'm yeah. going to have Romans sure. 13 back there because that's really helpful. And so she starts thinking now all of her, all of her training, all of her teaching that she's receiving has now become evangelism training because she's thinking about the people that she's been talking with and she's going, oh man, the next time I'm there. And so, you know, I, I, she goes to the place and she goes, you know, you said that to me yesterday in the parking lot. And I, I went to church and I heard this and I think this is really helpful. You need to read this. 
And so now she's like taking her teaching and giving it to other people and furthering the conversations of evangelism and all of yeah. her or been listening to teaching and learning and yeah, yeah. And all of her learning in the Bible has now become evangelism training as she's thinking about the people that could be, be benefited, benefited by what she's hearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we do evangelism training. I teach people one of the best ways you can prepare to share the gospel every day is just read all of your Bible every day. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't describe the number of times when what I read one morning is what I shared with someone in the afternoon. Of course. You know, and it's not always the the sixty second, you know, God, man, Christ response, you know. But it is it gets to that, you know. And we can't do such training where you're like, okay, when you hear about when you hear about someone talking about the kingdom, you know, you hear someone talking about the government, then you have to tell them the gospel of Jesus as the king. And you have like a special yeah. gospel for that. Right. Um, no, that's not true. That's that's, that's yeah. not what what it means. You know, you can grow in that. You can grow in being more yeah. prepared to talk to anybody about anything. Um, but uh, when you say God is the creator of the world, Jesus died for your sins. There, there's a governmental affront in there, <laughs> inherent. Yeah. Uh, in it. Right. So, I I yeah. mentioned our phone call the other day. I think it was Dwight Moody who was sharing his way that he tells the gospel. And a woman came and approached him and said, I don't really like the way that you're talking about sharing the gospel. I don't think it's really helpful or kind of annoying. And Moody asked, what's your way of sharing the gospel? And she said, I don't have one. And he says, I like my way better than yours. So, yeah. you know, I, I think our great problem, this is helpful to think about, well, what do we do when we train? But I mean, I'll tell you, going from nothing to something is often what we're trying to do, yep. you know, and the going yep. from nothing to master's level philosopher gospel is yeah. not what we're trying to do. Right. That's not what I'm trying to do. I don't, that's not right. my problem is we have too many immature people sharing the gospel. That's not my problem. Right. right. My problem is we have a lot of people having a hard time talking about the gospel. Yep. Yep. God help Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Agree. See you it's next hard. week. All right. for listening to the fire and bones podcast if you enjoyed this podcast consider subscribing or following the show on your favorite listening platform so you can be notified every time a new episode is released consider leaving us a generous review if that's an option for you and most importantly share this podcast with someone that you think might benefit from it be sure to check the show notes for any relevant links including our contact information feel free to reach out to us with any questions you might have thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on the fire and bones podcast Oh,